As you know, it's the end of 2007. I didn't take a rocket scientist, although I do know some rocket scientists. Um, And I would like to just take a second just to kind of have a conversation with you real quick about some of the highlights from 2007, a highlight of your year in 2007. And what you're going to do is you're going to raise your hand and I'm going to run over to you really quick and stick the mic in your face and you're going to tell me what your highlight for 2007 is. Okay, so are you thinking? Are you thinking? I'm giving you a second. I'm stalling for just a second. All right, highlight from 2007. Raise your hand. All right, right here. Woo! Well, last night on the way home, there was a car that made a U-turn and pulled right out in front of us. My daughter driving 55 miles an hour. She had no way to stop, and she pulled around him, and I said, praise the Lord. Well, your guardian angels were working yeah, overtime, sure weren't was. they? All right. There was no car coming from the other direction, so it could have been a hit on collision. Wow. There was. God was protecting you. Sure That's was. awesome stuff. Good. So your highlight came, like, right here at the end. Awesome. All right, right here. Luke Watson Keeney was born March 24th, 2007. Very cool. Very cool. All right, good. Somebody else. Somebody else. Oh, right here, right here, right here. All right. My mom got proposed by Rob. Hey, all right. A little proposal there. Very cool. All right, good. Somebody else. Somebody else. How about up in the balcony? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and bite the bullet here. How about in the gallery area? Let me, don't let me step on your coat. All right, how about in the gallery? Right over here. I'm ready. Who up here? Come on, somebody's got something. You guys are used to just hiding out over here. I know what's going on. All right, right here. Uh, baptized uh, together with my family. Very cool. That's right. Baptized in 2007. All right, good. I'm coming up this way. Anybody? Anybody? So that's what you guys look like up here. I've never really gotten a good close look at you. All right. We finally got out of our rental and into our new house after All right. Very cool. That's awesome. Good. A highlight from 2007. Don't let me get your toes. I weigh a lot. We got married January 6th. Good deal. So you've been married almost a year. Almost. Don't forget your anniversary. It's coming up real soon. All right. Good. All right. Another highlight. Maybe this half of the balcony. Anybody else? I'm going back down. All right. Here we go. All right. Back to the main floor. Anybody else? This is all I got. So folks, I don't have a message to bring really. So help me out. (laughs) Kidding. All right. I passed my first semester of nursing school. Aha. Passed first semester of nursing school. Very cool. All right. How about this side real quick? This side over here. You guys, you usually get neglected. I know you do. We're going right up here. Who's it going to be? Just raise your hand right up. The light's on you. You can see that, right? All right. Highlight in 2007? Right here. All right. It's been one year since we joined New Spring. Very cool. All right. Good. Somebody else. Somebody else. You guys thought you were going to hide up here. I know how this works. All right. Balcony people, who's it going to be? A highlight in 2007. My older son got married ah, to... Is that him right down there? That's him. Congratulations, guys. So do you have a highlight in 2007? Just curious. That's the highlight, yeah. All right, good. Good thinking. All right, good. Anybody else up here? Over there. Whew. See, I'm not even going to have to go work out today. They got to come to visit today. Oh, very cool. And now this crazy guy is running around up here and the spotlight's on him and everything. Cool. We're glad you guys are here. All right. Anybody else? Anybody else down here on the main floor? I'm going back down. Hopefully I won't kill myself. Oh, I'm going to pass one right here. We rejoined our family um, together and moved out to Kansas. Very cool. Welcome to Kansas. We're glad you guys are here. Good stuff. All right. All right. Over here real quick. Right there. There we go. All right. 
I got to pray with my 80-year-old father to accept the Lord. Wow, that's awesome. Incredible. Good. All right, I'm headed up this way. I'm about done. One more. One more from like up here close. Right here. My son is cancer-free as of this year. All right, your son is cancer-free. That's awesome. You guys have one? Do you have blessing? My dog. My dog is pregnant. Your dog is pregnant? That's so cool. Now that's a highlight right there. That is awesome. You know, we've had some highlights in our family. And since I get to hold the mic, I get to tell you about more than one. Um, we uh, obviously had a daughter born this last year, and uh, two months ago, actually. And um, another cool thing, one of those big... Hold on. Another one of those big things was uh, one of those proud dad moments is my daughter, Ellie, learned to ride her bike this year. Caught it on video, you know, did the whole press photography thing. And so that was really awesome. Um, we um, got to do a lot of traveling this year. Some friends of ours paid our way to go to Disney World, and that was incredible, getting to go down there and see Mickey and Minnie and all that. Um, we got to do a lot of awesome things. You know, I was thinking about as a church in 2007. This has really been a pretty amazing year. Uh, we've gone through, uh, we do a lot of series around here. I'm sure you figured that out. We had some awesome series in 2007. We started the year with Free to Be Me, which we just talked about how our sinful nature sticks with us even after we've accepted Christ. And unfortunately, we won't jettison it until we get to heaven. All right, so that was Free to Be Me. And then we talked about the series It. We talked about faith and how vital that is in our lives, to have faith, to do what God wants us to do. And we talked about that for like eight weeks, so we really got to talk about faith a lot. And then we got to talk on Easter about bones and about Jesus' bones, supposedly, or the box that held Jesus' bones were discovered. And we talked about how if that were true, it would really kind of negate all the things that we believe about the Bible. You have to believe that Jesus physically resurrected from the dead, or or what we believe is kind of pointless. Then we got to talk a little bit about practical stuff from the Bible, like how to be truly likable. Uh, We got to listen to kind of ways the Bible talks about gaining favor with other people. And uh, so that was pretty incredible. Then we talked about heaven in our series, Tomorrowland. And uh, I don't know about you, but I got pretty excited about what God has in store for us in the future. Then we talked about our series is called Life Inc., the way that life marks you and how we choose to accept certain things and reject certain things. And it makes a huge difference in the way that we live our lives. And we did Love Affair, where we learned about relationships and how to be good husbands and wives, how to affair-proof our marriage. Very, very practical stuff. Then you probably remember text message not that long ago where we talked about Jesus' stories that he told throughout his word and how it applies to our lives. And of course, this last series, we talked about how Jesus wants to clarify our life and we looked at different characters in the Christmas story. It's been an amazing year, not just in the series. We also, for Judgment House, which was about two months ago now, we saw over a thousand people accept Christ. And that's just amazing. Dan, what was the, what was the final number on that? Do you know? What is it? 1290 is the last count that, that we've heard as people have just continued to make decisions based on what they saw there. Incredible stuff that God has done in this place in this last year. Or how about our outreach weekend a few, uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a month and a half ago now? We called it My Circle Weekend. And so many of you invited friends and family to hear the awesome good news that God will take anybody back. And we saw over 30 people or around 30 people accept Christ, place their faith in Jesus Christ. And that's just incredible, amazing. This year we saw Watermark Weekend. It's our first time to do that. 
And um, we saw so many of you declare publicly, say, I am identifying with Jesus Christ. And we're looking forward to a huge watermark weekend in 2008. It's going to be amazing. So all of these things kind of went through my mind as I was thinking through 2007. You know, some of you might have been sitting out here, though, while we were running around and being goofy and asking for highlights. And you might have been thinking to yourself, "Um, yeah, that's great, but I don't really have any highlights from 2007. Either I've got a lot of lowlights, or I don't remember much about 2007. It was just pretty boring and ordinary. And what we all have a past. We all have stuff that's happened to us this last year. In fact, let me take a survey real quick. How many of you have a past? I just gave you the answer. So some of you, I mean, I I just gave you the answer a moment ago. We all have a past, right? So we're going to talk just for a moment today about how we handle the stuff that's in our past, both the good stuff that we just got through running around being silly about and the bad stuff that so many of us thought, man, I I wish I didn't, didn't have that in my life or I wish I, you know, I hadn't, hadn't experienced that this last year. Well, here's the, here's the phrase that I'm going to give you, what the Bible says to do with your past. Are you ready? The Bible says to forget about it. Isn't that great? Super. Let's go home. Let's go eat some lunch. Well, let's talk for a second. Wait a minute. What do you mean forget about my past? I mean, that's, that's easy to say. It just trips off the tongue and maybe it makes for a cute sermon, but how do I really do that? Forget the past. Well, let's, let's think about it. Uh, in, this term, in these terms, and I got this little metaphor with me here. I rely on props to explain things because I do a pretty confusing job sometimes. What is this? How many of you have a rearview mirror in your vehicle? Let me ask a more important question. How many of you do not have one of these in your vehicle? <laughs> right here. Yeah, good. Somebody else? Usually it's people with young children because you let them play in the front seat and they go, What's this? Rearview mirror. What do do we use a rearview mirror for? I know some of you ladies said to put your makeup on. That's not the right answer. That's the dangerous answer. Am I blinding anybody? Sorry. Um, What do you use a rearview mirror for? Just say it out loud. You you see what's behind you with a rearview mirror. That's exactly right. We're going to use this metaphor today as we talk about how God wants us to forget our past. It goes like this. When you're driving your car, the cool thing about the rearview mirror is that you can see what's behind you and you can still see what's ahead, right? In fact, I've kind of flip-flopped the priority of those. You can see where you're going, and that's awesome, and then if you need to, you can see what's behind you. Now, so often, we don't treat our past that way. A lot of times we give our past way more focus than what's ahead of us. In fact, I know a lot of people that are like that. I'm sure you do too. We all have friends. None of us are like that. We just all have friends that are like that, right? You, you know, you're talking to them and, and they start into one more story about something bad that happened to them. And you're thinking, oh, please kill me now. <laughs> or maybe you talk to people who they always are reliving the glory days. You know, the, the good times were way back when and Nothing really good's happening now, but boy, way back when, now that was something. I feel bad for those people. I'm thinking, man, that's a pretty sad state of affairs. But God doesn't want us to live that way. In fact, let's look at a scripture real quick. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a church, and he was telling them about how he deals with the past. I want you to look at this. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. If you're going to uh, read along in the Bible in the pew in front of you, it's uh, page 901. 
There are uh, Bibles in that pew in front of you. I encourage you to do that. It's a great way to participate, and if I get boring, you can just go ahead and read and still get something out of the morning. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Philippians 3.13. Would you guys pull that up on the screen? Let's read this together. All right. Philippians 3, verse 13, it says this. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. He says, I focus on this one thing. If you read just slightly before that in the verse. I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and I focus on what lies ahead. Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, some of us, some of us don't really treat our past this way. We don't just glance up at it. We really focus on it. We, we turn around. It would be the equivalent of you driving down the road. And instead of using your rearview mirror to see who's behind you, you're driving along, you know, it's rush hour on Kellogg over there in the construction over by Rock. You know what I'm talking about? You're driving along, and you're like, hmm, I wonder who's behind me. So you go like this. And I'm still driving. <laughs> the result's not going to be very good, right? None of you drive that way, do you? Please tell me you don't. That's the way we treat our past. But you know what's cool about this? Is that we have a context for our past. When we turn and focus on it, we have no context. All we see is our past. But if we glance at it, keeping our eyes in the context of what's around us, it all makes a lot more sense. You can see what God did in those awful times. Maybe you're still in them. But you have a context for what's happening. You can still see where you're going. You can see around you what's happening. And you can reference your past. I need some, uh, some helpers this morning. I need some kids. we got kids in here this morning. Our Kids World workers are getting a much-deserved break this morning. So we've got some kids in here with us. I need... Two four-year-old kids. Four-year-old kids. Raise your hand so I can call you. Don't just run up here yet. Raise your hand. Or maybe stand up on the pew. I know your mom probably says never stand on the pews in church. Do we not have any four-year-olds in here? Oh, kindergarten. I'm sorry. Five-year-old. How about five-year-olds? Give me two five-year-olds. Thanks for that, Dan. Uh, Right there? Yep, yep. Uh Uh-oh, I think I know this one. Okay. Yeah, there's one. Give me another one. How about up in the balcony? Somewhere up in there, right there in the red stripey shirt. Hurry down. Hurry, 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 hurry. Just don't, just hold on to the handrail when you're coming down. Nope. What you got here? Who's this? Um, Brownie. He's a webkin. He is a webkin? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Um, you log on to a computer and there's um, home and games and lots of things on there. Cool. Hannah has three of them. She has three, and you just have one? How do you feel about that? I'm happy because I have one. Oh, that is a sweet answer. Let's hear it for Mrs. Hayden. I know his parents. We're in the connection group together. I'm sure I'll hear about that question. All right. All right, what's your name, buddy? Bryce. Bryce? That is a very cool name. All right, you guys are both five, right? You ride tricycles? You ever ridden a tricycle? You know what a tricycle is? Good. Come with me. Come over here. Whew. All right. Come on. Quick, quick, quick. You got to hurry. Don't let me outrun you. I'm way older than you. Come on. All right. I need you guys to sit on these tricycles. Okay. Let me hold Brownie. Here, Brownie. All right. Good. Got him. You sit there. You guys see these lines right here that I put on the floor? Sorry. We'll let him graze right there, okay? 
All right. You see the lines? I want you to ride on them to the end when I say go. On your mark, set, go. Go, 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 go. Stay right on the line. Stay right on the line. Right on it. Right on it. Focusing, focusing. Excellent. All right. Good work. You guys ride them back here. Let's hear it for these guys. Aren't they awesome? Come on. Hurry back. Hurry back. Hurry back. All right. Here's what we're going to do. You know, they didn't have a problem staying on the line because they were looking where they were going. Right? Come on back here, guys. Come on. Here, guys. All right, good. Turn, turn the deals around. Turn them around. You're ready to go. Made out of solid steel. All right. John Deere. Hey, did you notice that, Hayden? You see this? Who's your dad work for? John Deere. Yeah. All right. Sit on there. Sit on there. Here's the rule this time. Sit on there. This is what's going to happen this time. I want you guys to look at me in my eyes. Right here. Now I want you to keep looking at me in my eyes. And we're going to ride down the line again. No cheating. Look me in my eyes the whole time. You ready? On your mark. Hey, you're not looking at me in my eyes. Get set. Go, look at me in my eyes. Go, look at me in my eyes. My eyes, my eyes, right here. My eyes, my eyes. No, my eyes. My eyes, right here. It's over here. My eyes are right here. They're here. Excellent. All right, good, good. Let's hear it for these guys. That is awesome. Now, did you know, you guys going back, that was awesome. Thank you. You thought you were going to get to ride those the rest of the sermon, didn't you? Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Hayden. All right, good. Leave them right there. Did you notice, you guys know how to get back? You can go right up on this. Oh, Brownie. Sorry, Brownie. Oh, boy. Good thing we have a lot of horse lovers here. All right. Did you notice when they were looking ahead, they did a lot better job of staying on the line than when they were looking behind them? You know, Bryce was like, woohoo, all over the place because he was really trying to focus on what was behind him. Do you see that? Same thing's true in our life. When we're so focused on what's behind us, we can't do the next thing that God's telling us to do. You realize God has a plan for your life. He's got a next step for you to go on. But what happens is we start, and maybe we go for a while, and then we go, but my pa- look what's happened to me in the past. And we start wandering off. We go, oh, oh, there's the line. But, but man, I wish I could go back to the way things were and we kind of looking behind us. We're off the line again. It's true in our life. God has a next step for you. And so often we're too busy focused on the stuff behind us, either our inadequacies, our failures in the past, some of us our successes in the past, but we're so busy focused back there looking over our shoulder while God's saying, move forward. You know, Jesus said something about this in Luke chapter 9, verse 62. I don't know much about farming. That would be an understatement. I know zero about farming, okay? But Jesus made a statement about plowing. From what I understand, the plows back then were like, uh, you know, they had some handles. There was like an animal that pulled the thing. And the animal pulled the thing, but the guy holding the plow had to steer it. He had to make sure he was going straight. What Jesus said is the person who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of God. I'm assuming that means because he would make terrible lines all over the field and just kind of trash the field. It wouldn't, wouldn't be effective at all. And Jesus said we're not fit for service if we turn back after we've put our hand to the plow. So I want to encourage you this morning. Don't turn around and look behind you. 
Treat the stuff that's in your past by looking at it in context. Now, what do I mean by context? Simply looking at what God has in store for you. What's up ahead? If you're driving somewhere, you should know your destination, right? Hopefully none of your dads have done this. But, you know, you tell your family, we're kids, we're going on vacation. Everybody loads up and packs their stuff and, you know, got the game, the game Boy things in the back. We're ready to go. And kids go, great, Dad, where are we going? Dad goes, I don't know. Won't this be fun? <laughs> Anybody had a dad that did that? Whew, good. That would be crazy. What, do we have one? Wait a minute. That's my daughter raising her hand. Now I know why we don't have kids in here. (laughs) It would be crazy to do a trip without knowing where you're going. Well, God says he has something in store for us. And Mark actually mentioned it on Christmas Eve. And I want to look at this verse together for just a second because it's awesome. In fact, I think you should print it off and tape it to your rearview mirror. And every time you look up there, you can remind yourself of what God has in store for you. It's in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. Would you look there with me, please? I'll give you a page number. It's page 596. And I'd like for us to read this together. Jeremiah 29, 11. This is what God says is in front of us our destination. Why don't you read this with me? For I know the plans I have. Everybody read it together. I'm sorry. I'm a big fan of everybody participating. Okay. Let's read it together. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. What are the two key words right there on that last slide? Future and hope. That's what God has in store for you in this place today. Future and hope. Plans to do you good and not harm. God has a plan for each one of you sitting in this room this morning. A unique plan. I can't do it. The person next to you can't do it. Only you can do it. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and it's to give you future and a hope to do you good and not harm. The reason that's important is that we're all going to go through junk. Just because God says he's given us a future and a hope doesn't mean he eliminates pain in our life. Pain exists because of sin in the world. But he says when you go through that stuff, you can look at it in your rearview mirror and say, I have a future and I have hope. Now here's the cool thing. God says, I know the plan that I have for you. It's not in the verse, but he could have gone further to say, and I've written it down. God's plan for our life is right here. It's in his word. So here's the deal. If I told you, Ethan, I have a plan to, uh, to get you a million dollars, and I've written it down on this piece of paper. What would you do with that piece of paper? Yeah, you'd read it because you're a smart dude. You'd read the paper, right? Because you want to know what the plan is. God says, I have a plan for your life. It's a plan to do you good and not harm, to give you future and a hope, and I've written it down. And what do we do a lot of times? We look at it and go, oh, way too many pages. 
Or, I don't understand what I'm reading. Join the club. There's a lot of days I read, I read the Bible and I think, wow, okay. But the deal is, God is within his word, has placed so many promises to us. He has given us so many examples and ways that we know we have a future and a hope that we're crazy not to spend time regularly reading the plan. Now, we get busy and we say, man, I don't have time to read the Bible. That may be true. You may be packed all the way up in your schedule. But I guarantee you, if there's something you really, 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 really want to do, like the whole million-dollar thing again, I, I doubt, I could be wrong, but I doubt if I came up to anybody and said, I've got a plan for you to win a million dollars, and here's the paper, I don't think anybody would say to me, I'm too busy. I just don't think that would happen. I could be wrong. But God's given us a plan, and so sometimes we, we try to excuse it away. Or it's just intimidating. This is why I'm so pumped up about Odyssey 08 that's going to start in two days. Now, if you don't know what Odyssey 08 is, go down to the Honda dealer. No, something different. (laughs) Odyssey 08 is simply our term that we're calling our church reading through the Bible, the whole Bible, in a year. Okay? Now, you can't wait to the end and then cram. Did you see how big this thing is? Okay? It's huge. You're not going to cram at the end. So what we're going to do is we're going to read a few chapters every day together. Now, we've, we've gotten some resources to help you. We don't make any money on this, and I don't get a commission on it. But we've got books back, we've got Bibles back there that are at the New Spring store, which is back there to the right, that have it divided up by day for you to get through the whole Bible in a year. We're going to put it on our website. You can get there from the homepage. And we're going to do this thing. We're going to read the Bible because it's so important that we know what God has in store for us, that we know what lies ahead, so that when junk comes up, We know what to do because here's the deal. I could tell you, hey, just treat the stuff in your past like you're looking in a rearview mirror. Just forget about it. Put it behind you. And you go, yeah, that's easy to say. It's really easy to say. But how do you just not think about something? It's like saying to somebody, don't think about a pink elephant. You go, okay. You know, you immediately start thinking about it. You need to replace it with something. Instead of thinking about your past, you need to think about what God says about your future. That's why you need to know what God says about your future. Check this out. Here's a couple of verses. I'm in financial trouble. I'm having all this stuff in my life. And then I remember a promise that I've put into my mind and into my heart. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Or maybe I'm really struggling with wanting to do wrong and I know it's wrong and I gotta need help. And now I remember there is no temptation that's taken you but, but such is his common demand that he won't make a way to escape. Or maybe I'm just really struggling with, you know, just burdens and weight. And he says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. So I think it's so important that you know what those promises are. And I'm going to challenge you to take this a step farther. As you're reading through the Bible this year, we're going to start on Tuesday. As you're reading through the Bible this year, I would encourage you to do this. As certain verses stick out to you that really make an impression on you, and there will be some that make more of an impression than others, I would suggest you just write it out on a card or some form that just gets it out in front of you constantly and memorize that thing. Maybe just one a week, maybe one a month. Now, you might look at me and go, memorize? I can't memorize anything. Do you know your phone number? Some of you go. It's on my cell phone. You know your wife's name? 
You know where you live? You're able to memorize things, okay? It's not hard. I won't get into all the technique of it. I'd be glad to help anybody that's curious about it. But just put it somewhere it involves a lot of repetition, and it involves doing it frequently and reviewing frequently, and it'll get in your brain. It'll become a part of what you do. And you'll be doing something the Bible calls meditating. Ooh, spooky, and you don't even have to make weird noises and sit in a weird position. (laughs) Meditating simply means you go over and over something in your mind. So throughout the day, let's say I'm working on that, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so throughout the day, I'm talking to people, and there's a quiet moment as I get in my car, and I think, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And I'm on my way to work, and there's in-between songs on the radio, and it's a little bit quiet, and I go, my God will supply. You see, that's meditating. Allowing God's word to penetrate our hearts. I want to encourage you to do that. So we've said this morning to deal with our past, we glance at it in the rearview mirror of our life. We don't stare at it. We keep our eyes on the road ahead of us. We know our destination. The last thing is, enjoy the trip. You know, God has given you your life to be full of meaning and purpose and joy. And so often we get so wrapped up in worry or in regrets that we totally miss what God has for you, the good that he has for you right now. Part of that is reminding yourself of God's promises. Because sometimes circumstances look awful, and we can say, I know, though, that God has said, this is going to work out. He is giving me a future and a hope. He will do me good and not harm. The other thing that I think is a huge deal when it comes to enjoying the trip is to put in your life some spiritual, this is kind of a scary word, disciplines, okay? What that means is you just do some things, and you do them because God asks us to do them. That's what this next series coming up next week, January 5th and 6th, is all about. It's called 8 Success Street, and it's going to be wild and wacky puppets and all kinds of crazy stuff, but the things that we're talking about are eight habits. They're going to revolutionize your life. Some of it's going to be Mark talking about what we've talked about just a little this morning about, about reading God's word. But there are, there are several things that will make a huge difference in your life. And they're all these steps, these little next step things that we just talked about a second ago. We do one and say, God, I'm, I don't really know. I'm scared. I, it's kind of a, a, a thing, an odd thing. And, but I'm going to take that step. And then God says, well, step here. Step here. And I'm just going to keep my eyes on the destination. It's going to be awesome. God has incredible things in store for this church in 2008. He has incredible things in store for your life in 2008. If we will simply let the past be the past, we'll glance at it and not stare. We'll keep our eyes on the road. We'll know our destination and enjoy the trip. Would you pray, please? Father, we love you. We're so grateful for what you've done in our lives, and we are grateful for the promise that says you've given us a future and a hope. God, help us to to keep our eyes on that and not turn around and look at the stuff behind us, the bad stuff that's happened or our inadequacies or our failures in the past or even the good stuff that's happened to us. God, may we keep our eyes on the destination. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Lance, you, that sounds great and all, but you don't know the stuff that I've done in my past. And you're right, I don't. 
God does, though, and here's the cool thing. He already made a way for you to get completely free from it. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. He paid the penalty that you and I deserved because of our sin. And now he offers it to you freely. This is all you have to do. You simply tell God, God, I believe that Jesus is the only solution for me. He is the only way for me to get to you and to have freedom and forgiveness for my sins. If you'd like to do that right now, you can just tell God that. We call it praying, but praying a prayer doesn't save you. It's just talking to God and telling him what's on your heart. Say right now, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't get to you on my own. Thank you for sending Jesus to save me. I turn from my sin and I want to follow you. Amen. If you prayed that with me just a moment ago, once again, the prayer doesn't save you. There are no magic words. It's what's inside your heart and belief on Jesus. If you did that, would you let us give you some materials that would help you just take that next step like we were talking about a second ago? There's some DVDs in here that will help confirm what you've already heard and learned. Um, You can just fill out the guest registry part of your bulletin and take it to some boxes at the back uh, of the doors or at the base of the steps. And uh, we would love to mail this packet to you. Or you could pick it up today if you'd like, if you don't want to wait. Um, just by going to guest services or new spring store. Take them your card, just hand it to them. We won't make you sign anything or sing or dance or do anything, okay? Just give you this thing and tell you uh, we're just glad for you. Um, but this uh, is just, just an awesome tool. Love to, to put that in your hands.